0: integrity taking another look let's bow in word of prayer father we just um pause and thank you for today thank you for our goodness to your goodness to us thank you for this week how you brought us through it uh safely and now we come again lord to look at your word and what you had to say to us We who are a part of your family, Lord, and have reaped all of the benefits, and you still, there are things we have have even not opened our minds yet, across our minds. We just want to thank you for putting us on the other side of the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of our new identity. Now, Lord, help us to really firm up who we really should be as your children as we go through this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, integrity taking another look, Genesis 3, 7 to 13, and 22 through uh, 18. Let's get started. Let's see where we need to go with this word, because I think that a lot of times we let us slip. I'm going to throw in a verse here that we'll pick up a little bit later, but it says this, Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place. And they will kill me because of my, my wife. Besides, she indeed my sister, is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God calls me, you know, he said, when God calls me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, this is uh, the kindest of you, you must do me. At every place to which we come, say of me, he is my brother. Wow. Well, we start off with that. And You uh, remember, you just sing the song, uh, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons have covered uh, Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. Uh, well, here's some of the background of Father Abraham uh, that we'll pick up a little bit later. But We just want to develop the thought. If you don't walk away with, regardless of how much time we spend, whether it's 10, 15, well, not 10, whatever the time is, that the word integrity kind of be engraved in your soul. It's already there. This kind of raises bad go up. Okay. I, I think you're ready then to move on. There are several qualities of integrity. One it, there's a long list, of course. But I'm just giving you seven. Uh, integrity ensures generational blessings. When you have a line of integrity, you want to you want to you want to do something for the next generation or generations. Be a person of integrity. Do what you say you're going to do, and just do it. Integrity is always open and available for God's evaluation. Whenever you decide to do something, then you will not hesitate for God to do the evaluation. Sometimes we don't share with God because God will say no. So we we try to do it and then ask God to bless it afterwards. Integrity always guards the truth, regardless of the challenges of life. I don't care what period we're in. I don't care what pressure we're under. The whole area of integrity is, do you stand your ground? I think it was Columbine, Was it Columbine? That comes to my mind. I think about the young lady under the desk and the guy was going through uh, shooting students and everything else. And, uh, and he pointed the weapon at her and asked her about her faith and do she believe. Now she could have reason, you know, if I'd say, um, no, maybe he'll let me go, but then I had to compromise my integrity. And she made it very clear. I uh, I believe in the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. He died for my sins. Immediately he shot her. She died. Her death caused at least, so far, at least over hundreds of, well, hundreds of lives came to know Jesus Christ, what happened under that death that day. It wasn't a bullet. Uh, It wasn't a person who who was, was holding a weapon. The thing that made a difference was the person died with integrity. Integrity established in an identity that is seen and honored by God. When you are a person of integrity, I don't care what you're doing. Do your best as unto the Lord. Just make God look good. Uh, you're cleaning windows, clean it until it squeaks, because you just you just want to make sure that Lord, I'm doing it because I see somebody far beyond the windows, I see you. Whether the boss is looking at me or not, I see you. Integrity is a choice that is the foundation of our purpose, perception, and practice. Again, integrity is a choice that is the foundation of our purpose, perception, and practice. A person can have a high education and everything else, but if he do not have, or she doesn't have a high level of integrity, then you have a person uh, who's dangerous, very dangerous. Let's go on. defining the term. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, the state of being whole and undivided, the condition of being unified, unimpaired. Or, or sound construction. Now, this, of course, was a definition from the dictionaries we gave from various angles. And when we talk about, the 1st we talk about the quality of the individual, being honest and having a strong moral principles. What are your principles? Don't compromise it because people got frowns on their face. Their frowns should not change what's going on inside of you. Uh, the state of being whole and undivided. The integrity, that's why when they want to find out uh, the integrity of the building, they say, how much how much pressure can it take? And so they make the bridges and everything else. They always have the engineers to test the integrity of it because if it lacks integrity. People can lose their lives. And guess what? When we lack integrity, other folks are severely hurt, injured, and some do not want anything to do with Jesus Christ because we lack of being honest and have strong moral principles. Uh, and so that's, that's where we are in that area, okay? I think you got the picture. Consider this, compromise is always in conflict with integrity. Yeah. Whenever you want to be an integrity uh, individual, then understand compromise is right there. So, we well, don't have to be all that, you know. uh, Tell a little lie. I never heard of a, what is a little lie? When you lie, you lie. Uh, there's a You can take a little pause and still kill you. And so uh, I don't care how small it is. Integrity exists, controls, and thrives in any given situation. Compromise doesn't. Integrity impacts its environment with uncompromising truth. Compromise turns its back. Integrity creates a trust that greatly impacts those who are exposed to it. Compromise greatly affect them in a negative way. Integrity is driven by a disciplined spirit. Compromise always put it off to tomorrow. Always say I'll do it when. When integrity says, I promise to do it now, and I'm going to do it now. And that's why the Lord is what He put into our hearts to be individuals who are our Basic foundation reflects God, his image, his likeness. God is integrity. That's what makes him up, his very essence, and we should be that. Integrity guards, defends and stands on the word of God. Well, James tells us, he says, and heaven done all. People talk about putting on the arm and everything else about heaven done all. When you have done all you're supposed to do, just stand. And when you stand, stand there with that whole level of integrity. Uh, why? It makes God look good. It might hurt you, but then they kill the our servant? they crucify our savior. And we're no higher than our savior. But listen, they cannot take integrity out of you. You have to give it up. And when you give it up, you break God's heart. I think that you got the idea. Test time. Uh, that's why I said I think you have the idea. That's time. Uh, finish this phrase. I consider myself maintaining a godly integrity in my, in my life. All of the time. Some of the time. When it's necessary. Now, uh, you don't have to linger too much because if the Holy Spirit is speaking in your heart, it already slapped you inside the head. All the time. Some of the time. When it's necessary. And when I had to be uh, uh, politically uh, correct, that's the times, you know. But all the times, like the Hebrew boys, I stand my ground. Oh, I, I, I trust that you uh, identified yourself in this. Uh, being disciples of Christ is, is very important. Uh, integrity is embedded in the new normal of our salvation. Thank you, Roland. Uh, and I think that's a very important. Let's go on. As we observe these three narratives, let us understand the motives and actions of these individuals God used. Uh, this morning, uh, I, I was concerned of going too long, so I'll just give you two for this morning. The first one is, why did Adam eat the forbidden fruit? Second, why did Abraham lie? Next, what was God's evaluation of David, we have some great men we have here, here now. Let's go behind the scene and take a look at what's going on. We want to start off with uh, with Adam. That'll be our first point. Why did Adam eat the forbidden fruit? Okay, let's go past the obvious. He was hungry. I I don't, I don't know. Didn't say. I don't know that he bit it. Have it. Now, here's what Genesis says, so we're going to get the fourth scenario. Then the eyes of both were open, and they uh, they knew that they were naked. And they sewed uh, uh, sew, uh, fig leaves together and made them lion claws. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But conjunction with a function, but the Lord called to the man and said to him, "Where are you?" And he said, "I heard your voice, the sound of you. uh, heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself." Wow. And he said, "Who told you that you were naked?" Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Here's the throwing out of the bus tree. The man said, the woman you gave to me with me, to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and, uh, and ate. And then the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, blame shifting. The serpent deceived me and I ate. Well, we got the general picture of it, and you've heard this this whole narrative for quite a while. Let's go behind the scene now. What would be his honest confection if if we interviewed Adam after the fact? Here are several to consider. Number one, Adam, why? And he would say probably, I believe that obeying God was not my top priority. The reason that I bit that bit of that fruit was even near the tree because what God had to say to me was important. But what I wanted to do was more important. The reason I got around the tree in the first place, the reason that I listened to the whole conversation between the serpent and my wife, and the reason I went on and bit up the fruit is because obeying God was not my top priority. You want to know why he wasn't a man of integrity? Is that our problem too, maybe? That God is not our top priority? Just surviving for the moment? The second was, I believe more obtainable things could be had without God. You you start off real, even with the babies, let's start off with... um, they try to feed them. Sometimes they get to a certain age and very, I mean, at a very early age where they want to do it themselves. You no, know? but they don't have the whole picture, but they just want to do it themselves. They, they are so independent. So those the poor dependent children think that they can do it by themselves. And uh, some of them can hardly walk, but they still want to do it themselves. It's brought us innate uh, aspect of our growing up. He said, we want to do it our way. He said, I believe more obtainable things could be had without God. So I listened to the serpent. I listened to his reasoning. I looked at the fruit. I I reached in and bit of the fruit that my, my wife gave me. You know the reason I did it? Um. I really didn't have the fear of God. I had the knowledge of God. I had the presence of God. He helped me to name all of the creatures and everything else. But as far as having was as a high priority, my biting fruit made very clear what I really was. I learned that every privilege is connected with responsibility and accountability. When I bitter the fruit, what Satan said was that I'll know good and evil, but it was what he didn't say. Saints, listen to what people don't say. What he didn't say was, you will not be able to handle it. And so he bit of the fruit. And yes, he knew the difference between good and evil, but he had no power to handle or manage it or to bring closure. And so he come to the realization that with every privilege that God gives us, we have connected with it responsibility, your response and your ability, and you'll be accountable for that. You see, we're given account based on that. Um, thank you, Adam. I really appreciate your, 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 these little insights here as we consider this. I'm not finished. Okay, then let's go on. I learned not to involve others in my failures. When I know that a a person is not, uh, I'm not on the level of integrity that God wants, why should I drag anybody down or up to where I'm at? There's a place far higher than where I am. Failure means you, you refuse to follow instructions. That's why you hear me say there's a difference, a big big difference between having a setback and failure. Setback means you see the babies. Setback means they tried to get out of the bed. They uh, they fell and bumped their head, but they got back in their bed. That was a setback. You think they gave up? No. They didn't say, I'm not getting out of that bed again. They take a pillow, throw that bad pillow on the floor, on the ground. Look, look at it again. I saw this on the video. A child got another pillow threw on top of that pillow the pillow, and then bagged the stuff down and fell backward. The pillow gave him the cushion, and that's why. And he had a setback, but he was not a failure. Some of us, can, and Satan, when you have a setback, Satan tells you you're a failure and you should give up. And why do you call on the name of the Lord? You should stop praying right now. He said, I've learned not to involve others in my failures. You remember the 73rd Psalms when when the psalmist says, truly God is good to Israel, but as for me, my foot did almost slip and my steps were where nigh nigh gone when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And he he went on to say further, he said, you know, when I thought on this, he said, I I didn't want to share it with the congregation. I didn't want to share with the congregation because I would affect them with this. He said, I kept it in and it was burning me up. But I didn't want to cause others to slip because of where I was. I learned that my disobedience dishonored God. What we do, whatever we do, we will either honor God or dishonor God. For our actions is only the results of our thinking. And our thinking is based on what are the data that we are receiving. You don't accidentally steal somebody's stuff, you know. I learned that my disobedience have consequences beyond my ability to satisfy. Isn't that something? I learned that my disobedience had consequences beyond my abilities to satisfy. I, I trust that we keep this in mind, saints. Out of the many questions God asked Adam, Adam was never asked why. Did did you ever notice that? Go back at the script. God never asked Adam uh, why. I would venture to say that he already knew why, because he's an all-knowing God. But a generational lesson must be addressed and learned not only by Adam, but by us. So God created it for us. He, He documented it for us. So he didn't ask Adam why. God's commands are non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Well, if God would have uh, said to Adam, if God would have used why, it was when way back. first one is, why are you near this tree in the first place? Why did you listen to your wife? Why you weren't deceived by the serpent? Why didn't you help your wife? Why did you throw her under the bus when I confronted you? Bro, you in trouble. And that's where one man sinned and sin fell over the whole world. Because you know what? Somebody lacked godly integrity in the questionable moments and difficult situations. Oh, well. I hope we kind of. Uh, Hanging to that, uh, but we go to the next individual who's been very patient here. Why did I, uh, Abraham lie? Uh, Abraham there's a father, Abraham, and, and you find that the uh, the Arabs, uh, nation, the Muslim nation, uh, as well as the Jews, they point back to Abraham. They both recognize it, maybe not the mothers, uh, but they point back to Abraham. Whenever a person lies, there's always a reason. Here are a few reasons to be used for self-protection. You've heard me say many times, uh, I ask couples, uh, do you tell the truth all the time? "Eh, Some of the time. I say, well, okay, so there's something you're not telling me. Why don't you tell the truth all the time? And I have to dig it out of them. Sometimes take four to five minutes, finally finally gets to this. It says, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Oh, no, it's more than that. You don't want to get embarrassed because you want to protect yourself. That's why you lie. Number two, to be used to gratify the sinful craving of the flesh. We lie because in a lie, you come up with all type of rationalizations. What's going on? To be used as a weapon to hurt others. See, that's that's why the danger, when we lie to ourselves, it becomes easier when we lie about others. But there's no way in the world that a person with high integrity will step down to lie on others, especially when they don't have any facts. When you see a person or hear a person talk like that, understand they have an integrity problem. So we who are spiritual, Take them to where the real fire is. To be used to reject the truth. Most people, a lot of folks lie and say, Well, uh, that's why I, I rephrase my my words. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. I, I don't know what they, I don't know what that means to so a lot of folks, uh, especially unbelievers, especially, he's standing there with a bottle in his wine bottle in his hand and said, Yes, I'm a believer. Um the guy in my office who came off the street and we talked and we all went over theology and everything else. And, uh, and it comes down the bottom line. He says, you know, and I know almost the same thing. What's the difference between us? I said, because I believe and practice what God says. He sat there for a quiet moment. He didn't say another word. He got up out of my office and walked back into the streets. To, to, be, to be used to reject the truth. That's a decision of the will. That's you determined to do just that and you're going to do it even if it kill you. And it will. It will. Well, I hope you follow me in this line of integrity. I have a chart up here. I'll put it here and we will put it when we wrap it up. The outside circle is uh, this is not my responsibility. So please understand, my responsibility is other folks' words. What they say, <laughs> I remember they're saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But your words don't change who I am on the inside. Other people's mistakes, their mistakes is not because I did it. They chose to do it. Okay? Other people's beliefs and you have all over the world different types of belief you can have belief and you you can have whatever belief you want but that's not the problem the question you need to ask is is it right it is okay what is your burden of proof that it's right and god has had centuries and has documented the, we have the 66 books there were more than that but canonized now, we have the 66 books, and it all co- coordinate together, and all of the writers that validate the fact that there is a God, and he has us that we have our burden of truth. The consequences of other people's actions. And sometimes inadvertently we're affected by that, aren't we? Then we have other people's actions and uh, what they do to us. Other people's Here's this word opinions, and understand it's an opi- when a person express an opinion, it's just a thought that has come from I don't know where. So I'm not going to stay say where it's where All I know is that it has no biblical proof. If because an opinion is not based on uh, biblical principles, truth is based on on on. Uh, on biblical principles. Now what you think of the proof, that's one thing, but truth always go to the truth. That's why you hear me say every time, why do you say it? What is your burden of proof and how does it apply to me? I learned that a long time ago from a secular uh, psychiatrist. A matter of fact, he was called Dr. Phil. And when he said that, and I was just passing, it clicked with me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to use that in constant because it makes sense. And all through scripture, you find, you find, No, why did you say it? God, it lands out, God so loved the world. Uh, What's your burden of proof? That he gave his only begotten son. How does it apply to me? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so it's not an opinion. So they give opinions about our God, but you stand on the truth. Don't compromise it. That's why your integrity is there. The best thing you can do, the best way you can win is to keep your mouth shut. There are times when even a fool is considered wise, when he keep his mouth shut. And when you're in a company of fools, how do you know you're in a company of fools? Because here's what they are saying. The fool have said in his heart, there is no God. Now, when you're in a company of fools, keep your mouth shut unless the Holy Spirit prompts you to say a few words to make a difference. That's the outer circle, the inner circle. This is my responsibility. We have the is not and the is my. Okay, here's the is, is uh, my. One, my words, my behavior, my actions. My efforts, my mistakes, underline that, my mistakes, everything that's done, every mistake that I I make is because I made a decision many a time. Without God. And a lot of times, of course, we're learning. I, I, we're, we are we are in a position of perfection, but we're in the learning stage. And there are times when, when you're going to mess up. And you, you're going to make a mistake. And if you do, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You know, uh, But that's for believers only. That's not a salvation verse. That's for believers only. We have to confess it. My ideas and co- consequences of my actions. That's what I'm responsible for. Don't blame shift when you notice know your words, your behavior, your actions, your efforts, your mistakes, your ideas and consequences of, of uh, my actions affect individuals who believed in you for so long. And now they're hurt by it. Wow. Wow. And the list goes on, and in this, it's in this documented of an individual who for years, if you mention a person's name, he was highly revered. He saw the rest of his life. And it lacked integrity. With all of his intelligence, it lacked integrity. Well, I, th- I think you got the picture there. And Abraham said of his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of uh, Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, boy, <laughs> I'll do this back. Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman you whom, uh, whom you have taken. For she is a man's wife. You talking about the sanctity of marriage? Boom. He's talking to Abimelech. He's not a believer or anything else. But God came into, his, God goes to anybody's dream he wants to. Went into that man's dreams that you're a dead man. And can you imagine dreaming and all of a sudden God shows up? Not saying oh, you are uh, highly favored and everything else. You, you're you dead. And the of course, uh, that was not a nightmare. That was a reality they had to, be, uh, to respond to. So let's go on then. It goes to the next. Now, Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Now, notice what he didn't say, will you kill me? He said, will you kill an innocent people? In other words, I'm a, I'm a king. I have a high position. I affect my people. Are you going to kill because of this? Will my people suffer because of me? Did he not uh, himself say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother in the the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I've done this. Here's the reason why I did it, Lord. I didn't do it out of any maliciousness or because I was king. It was just the integrity of my heart. That's how I operate. You know, that seemed like the last conversation that the Lord had with Abimelech. Meanwhile, though I said to him in the dream, yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart and that it was I who kept you from sinning against me. God, you talking about the grace of God. He said, the reason is you didn't do it because I kept you from doing it. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, then return one the man's wife, for he is a prophet. So that he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall be surely die and you and all who are yours. Not only will you die. That's why sometimes the actions, what the actions we do affect others. Henry Walsworth, Longfellow, talks about the whole idea that no man is an island unto himself. You don't operate on your own. You're always impacting somebody, although you don't think they're looking at somebody's observing your life. And so the Lord says, not only will I get rid of you, I'm going to affect everyone that's connected with you. So Abimelech rose early in the morning. He didn't oversleep there. And called all his servants and told them all these things, and the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, "What have you done for us to us, and how have I sinned against you, that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin?" You have done to me things that ought not to be done. (laughs) Even this king, King of Abimelech, said this shouldn't have been done. And Abimelech Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you see? What what, what, that you did this thing? And Abraham said, I did it because I thought there's no fear of God at all in this place. And they will kill me because of my wife. Let's break it down just a little bit more by going to our next slide. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, this is the kindness you must do to me. And every place do which we uh, we, uh, come, say to me, Uh, Say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. Abraham got more than what he gave up from an unsaved king who had his encounter with God and the word that flowed in the conversation was, I maintain my integrity and God says, I kept you from, from doing what you were doing. Our integrity is so important. Let's go to the next slide here. Abimelech said, behold my hand, the my land is before you, dwell where it pleases you. And Sarah, he said, behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver, is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you, and, and behold, everyone, you are uh, vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so that they may bore children. God shut down everything, for the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah. Abraham's wife. Do you remember what we said? He, he, he said, I thought, I started with, I thought, because of what I thought, this is what I want to do. He didn't say, I prayed, he said, I thought. Let's move it on. Let us get an exit interview with Abraham. Here are the key reasons for his lie and lack of integrity. Let's put it in a nutshell. I thought and reasoned on the probability instead of praying for guidance and assurance. I involved my wife to ensure my safety. You keep seeing this "my" right? I use God as one of the reasons I was in that situation. I use a half truth to validate my decisions and actions. I never factored in the negative effects on the king and his people. Thinking it through, there is never a situation where godly integrity has to be compromised. Remember, we talk about the conflict of compromise and integrity? Abraham, you didn't have to do all that. If God called you uh, away from your land, away from your family uh, and called you to do a, do a, become a great nation, you mean to tell me that you will lie to preserve your life? The question is, at what point do, you, do we leave things to God? What point do we, even, even in our darkest moment, at what point where we say, Lord, I trust you. I trust your heart. And I operate out of that trust. Abraham did not operate out of that trust. He lied, he lacked integrity. Um, the king uh, gave up much for Abraham, uh, was confronted by God. He was taken through all of those situations. That was a situation that did not need to be recorded. But guess what? God recorded all of this for our understanding and further study. Why? Because, you see, even the greatest people that's in God's word, Abraham, based on the righteousness of Abraham, uh, his faith, God had declared him righteous. Even Abraham had his setbacks. Who wasn't fired? God didn't say I don't want you hanging around. I'm not. I'm going to use another person other than you. You lie or you. God knew what Abraham was going to do in a difficult situation, and He knows what you you're going to be confronted with. If you're confronted with right now, make sure that when you're in the situation, reach into your bag like David and bring out that rock of integrity and throw it, hit that bad sucker, because your integrity shows where you are in your walk with God. I don't care if it's a a lion or a bear, your integrity will keep you there. Oh, that's poetic. Anyway, I think it's important that we maintain our integrity in the Lord. Amen. So with that said, and um, move on to our next slide. Now, I want uh, this one last thing First, uh, First Corinthians 21. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. Know what God is doing. And who also has put a seal on us and give us his spirit in our heart as a guarantee. Let me break it out. Our God establishes us. Notice the others are the past tense. This one says "established," and he's still doing this. He, God, is at work to will and to do His good pleasure. He's still working on us until He gets us home. He establishes us. He has anointed us. He has sealed us. He has given us His Spirit. Do you see all the benefits we have because of Jesus on the other side of Calvary? As the Lord Lord leads us, let us commit ourselves to always be individuals committed to living our lives with godly integrity. Oh, you've been very very patient. And before the next song, I just want to bring this chart right back up into your face. This is not our responsibility other people's words, other people's mistakes, other people's beliefs, uh, the consequences of other people's actions, uh, other people's um, uh, actions, other people's opinions, and other people's ideas. You're not responsible for that. Okay. We are responsible for our words, our behavior, our actions, our efforts, my mistakes, my ideas, and the consequences of my actions. I think that Abraham, and I think that Adam will tell you, nobody made me do it, I decided to do it. And people were greatly affected. If if your integrity is kind of hidden down there, just wipe it off as we go into prayer. Father God, may the word uh, integrity come to the top of the up our minds is how we will live out this day until we come to you face to face. Help us, Lord, to always uh, look to you and when the hard times come, help us, Lord, to always say, when peace like a river attends my way and troubles like sea riddles, roll, well, whatever my lot thou have taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Everybody, no doubt, have not always been integrous in their walk before you, including your servant. And so, Lord, that's why we want to put it on the table. All of us know exactly what it is and what we need to do. Our failures, Lord, today, with the integrity of our hearts, we say, Lord, from this day on, truth is the main thing that we live on and stand on. Your word your will and your will for our lives. I pray Lord that if individuals who might hear this table, who might hear me right now, that do not know you, integrity must be established inside of the word of God that has any power, any way uh, that, is, um, uh, that would, he would hear because God says that if you God, iniquity in my heart, I will not hear. Uh, all of our works of righteousness are of filthy rags. It has to be on the other side of Calvary. And to get on that side, you must understand, you have to admit, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I recognize that. That Jesus Christ died for where I was, where I am, and I just ask that he come into my heart right now. I believe that he died on the cross of Calvary and rose again. to forgive me of my sins. And I hereby ask you to be my savior and turn my whole life over to you. That individual, Lord, as I pray, if they pray that simple prayer, if they believe in their hearts, Lord, that you have done this, that they'll be saved. So I pray for Chicago Land Bible Fellowship. Thank you for what you're going to do in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next song is I'll just say yes, that's this.